Hey, Em. Hey, Ness. Welcome to Wellness Miss. Emily and I have an awesome episode today with a very special guest, Danielle Rigai. Danielle tells us all about the benefits of cupping and enlightens us on whether cupping can give you a bigger booty and erase your cellulite, or maybe not. This guest is special to me personally because I've been Danielle's patient ever since I moved to Portland a few years ago. I personally love cupping therapy and I'm a huge advocate for it. Enjoy. Danielle Rigai is a licensed acupuncturist and has a doctorate in acupuncture and Chinese medicine with a focus on integrative health. She's originally from Hawaii, but now resides in Portland, Oregon with her husband and two fur babies. She loves animals, the great outdoors, warm weather, and of course her work. She co-owns the Zen Space Wellness and Cupping Studio in Northeast Portland, where she practices and treats conditions such as chronic pain, sports injury, and digestive issues. Welcome, Danielle. Hi. Happy to be here. Yay. Okay, I'm going to let Vanessa ask the first few questions because she's brand new to cupping. So, Vanessa? Yeah, so I have known about cupping, but I've never gotten it done. And correct me here if I'm wrong, Danielle, I feel like cupping came more onto the mainstream radar with Michael Phelps. Am I like way off base there? No, yeah, we definitely love Michael Phelps for making (laughs) cupping cool. It's definitely gained more attention in popular culture since that time. And since then, there's been a lot of different athletes and celebrities, honestly, who have taken to cupping, but what cupping was created, you know, cupping is part of traditional Chinese medicine. So it was formulated or created or however you want to say it thousands of years ago when the ancient Chinese were kind of creating their Chinese medicine. There's some debate on how long people have been practicing traditional Chinese medicine, but I just always say thousands of years it's also very common in a lot of like Eastern cultures, so Eastern European even. I, I oftentimes have people from Eastern Europe, so Poland, Russia. Uh, my friend is from Romania, and he's like, oh, yeah, my grandmother used to do that. She would put the shot glasses on my back whenever I was sick. So it's definitely <laughs> oh, wow. Got, yeah, it's definitely That's got so interesting. Yeah, I know. And in cupping, we do say that if you're feeling like you're sick, if you get cupping, then it will keep you from getting sick. So it's just really interesting that they were practicing that all over Eastern Europe. It's actually also really popular in Africa and the Middle East. In Africa and the Middle East, they're much more into bleeding cupping, which I do not do. You can do it in the United States, but it's less popular because we care about like bloodborne pathogens and stuff here a little bit like we're a little Mm -hmm. bit more sensitive to that I think maybe but it's messier you know with bleeding cupping what happens is they usually create a little slice in the skin and then they put the cup over that so it's basically a way of bleeding you which they say is you know has a lot of therapeutic benefit I personally don't do it I can't speak too much on that but I know that that's the type that is really really popular in the Middle East and Africa. Hmm, interesting. So talk us through the kind of cupping you do. So a normal cupping, what's happening? Yeah, so I do I do two different types of cup. Well, actually, I do three different types of cupping, but I definitely practice the more traditional Chinese style because that's what I learned when I was in acupuncture school. So 
that is with the glass cups. Generally, you do sliding cupping as well. So you put lotion on the body, you put the cups on the body by creating a vacuum suction with a burning like cotton ball. Um, a lot of times people think that we place the cotton ball on your body or your skin, which we do not do. We absolutely do not burn the patient. But basically what you do is you hold a burning cotton ball in the center of this glass cup for just a second. That burns the oxygen out of the cup. And then you very quickly put the cup onto the person's body, which creates a vacuum. So it's a little bit more technique based. Um, and, you know, there's a little bit more to look out for in the sense that you don't want to burn the patient. You don't want to drip, you know, burning alcohol on the patient, that sort of thing. And then there's another style of cupping called Korean suction cupping, which I also do. And that style is with plastic cups. And there's a little gun, a little cupping gun that you can do like one pump, two pump, three pumps. Um, so you can kind of, it's a little easier to do. A beginner could do it a little bit more easily. Um, and usually with that sort of cupping, you leave the cups in one spot. So it's really great for like more of a pinpointed kind of feeling like I have a knot right here that I you know, that is bugging me and you can put the cup right over that and then, you know, do one pump or two pumps and leave it in that area. And then I also do facial cupping, which I'm not doing any of it right now, obviously, you know, obviously because of COVID, but that's a really, really light style of cupping. That's really much more about lymphatic drainage and collagen, you know, and boosting collagen and that sort of thing. But facial cupping, you know, shouldn't leave any marks on your body. And it's a different form of cup that we use as well. So there's a lot of different styles of cupping. But I would say my favorite is probably the fire cupping, because that's what I learned in acupuncture school. But I do a lot of suction cupping as well. So so I had no idea there was so many different kinds. I was thinking of, you know, the big red or purple marks on people's backs is kind of the only kind of cupping so it's interesting there's so many different and especially for your face I didn't realize that at all so other than um you know for collagen and lymphatic drainage what are some main reasons people come to you for cupping yeah so cupping is the only type of body work that is a negative pressure on the body as opposed to you know like massage or any other form of body work really that you get it's a positive pressure right you're pushing into the skeleton so with cupping what you're doing is you're creating a vacuum and you're pulling the tissue up and away from the skeleton it helps to break up scar tissue and adhesions that had formed in the muscle fibers bind the muscles cause tension in the muscles the scar tissue can also you know form or in the fascia layer so your fascia can get kind of bound up so it's just creating more space on the body it's helping to reduce tension. It also helps to pull like old stagnant blood out of the muscles, pulls fresh new oxygenated blood through the muscles. So it has a lubricating effect for the tissue. It helps to increase circulation. Uh, it also helps to pull lactic acid and toxins that have built up in the tissue out, redistributes that into the bloodstream so that you can get rid of that naturally through like your kidneys and your natural detox pathways. So it does a lot. You know, it also helps to, they say in the skin, um, it helps to boost collagen production. It drains the lymph. So that's generally what people get it for is like, they're having some pain. It's really, really great for pain and tension. It's really great to like ease pain and tension. So what's nice about cupping is you really only need 15 minutes. So if you get a short 15 minute session, it feels like you got 45 minute massage or something like that it's that effective so wow. that's 
Yeah. It's funny when you were mentioning the facial cupping, you had sold me some of those little like the mini take home cups yeah. for the face yeah. when I was having some TMJ pain and it it just feels amazing. Like I was at before I was doing a little jade rolling with it, but I felt like the facial cups really alleviated a lot of that pain. Yeah, facial cups are amazing. You know, you can definitely do it at home just if you buy them, have somebody who knows how to do cupping kind of teach you how to use them at home, which I think I did for you, Emily. But yeah, definitely. it's really good for TMJ kind of jaw tension. It's also really nice if you use them up by your temples, it helps to relieve headaches, you can use them down your SCM if you're getting like that sort of headache that kind of starts in your neck radiates up your sternocleidomastoid muscle up into your jaw and kind of like creates a headache that way. You can kind of like run it down the side of your neck. And it's a really nice way to just lightly relieve the pressure and help to relieve headaches too, which is really amazing. Anybody who suffers from migraines, I try to have them buy one of those. So do you get a lot of questions about whether cupping is painful? Absolutely. That's like one of the number one questions I get. (laughs) The big Um, bruises are probably responsible for that question, I would guess. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there are times when you take the cups off and it looks like you beat someone up, you know, like um, cupping does create a little mild inflammatory response in the body. So sometimes the marks can be feel a little swollen for for a minute, you know, inflammation does help our body heal. It's just that when inflammation becomes too much, that's when it becomes a problem. But a small inflammatory response is actually kind of a healing response. So that is what cupping does. But it does leave those crazy marks, you know, kind of like hickeys, it does sometimes the sometimes the marks will feel a little raised or, or a little like, like welts or something. So people look at that, and they see that and they think, Oh, that's got to be so painful. What I always tell people is that cupping isn't necessarily painful, but it's not always comfortable either. I like to say it kind of hurts so good. It's that hurts so good feeling. It's like if you get a deep tissue massage and your massage therapist is like really working on your muscles, it might not feel the best, but it feels good at the same time. That's kind of what cupping is all about. And then I always ask my patients just to make sure that they're communicating with me really well because if it, it's not supposed to be painful, it's not supposed to feel like torture. And if it's too much for you, let me know because everyone's pain threshold or everyone's idea of what is comfortable or hurts so good is different, right? So we just mm-hmm. need to communicate a lot and we can always reduce some tension on the, on the, the back or, you know, let some of the air out or whatever we need to do to make it feel more comfortable for you. But cupping should not hurt. It should feel like it hurts so good or just be like right under your pain threshold, but it's not supposed to be like torture, if that makes sense. Yeah, that totally makes sense. Uh, Probably very comforting for people that are thinking of cupping, but a little bit scared. Yeah. You know, another, like another question that I get, I kind of touched on a little bit earlier, but oftentimes people are like, Oh, that fire cupping, like you, you light a fire on the body and then put the cup over it. Right. And I'm like, no, they think those, you know, those purple marks are are burn marks. I'm like, no, absolutely not. We are not burning our patients. In fact, I had this teacher in school who used when she was teaching us how to do cupping, she used to always go, don't burn the patient, don't burn the patient, don't burn the patient. And it was always so annoying, because I was like, obviously, we're not trying to burn the patient. (laughs) Now, like when I'm teaching my staff how to do cupping, I find myself saying that all the time, because you, you know, like, 
yeah, that's like the last thing you want to happen is for somebody to be accidentally burned because you got the flame too close to their body or something like that. So, Because I imagine you have to move pretty quickly, right? Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, fire cupping, the China, the ancient, you know, the Chinese, the more traditional style of cupping is definitely technique based. So you have to have someone who really understands the technique to be able to do it appropriately. And acupuncture school is like four years long. So I did it for, you know, I practiced from people for four years while I was learning it, basically. But yeah, you definitely, it's definitely technique based and you definitely want somebody who really understands the technique uh, to be working on you. It's a, it's a lot more technique based than suction cupping. Like oftentimes people will say, well, can't I just buy a set of cups and do it at home? And I'm like, yeah, <laughs> but I would never recommend, like, if that's what you're going to do, I would recommend getting Korean suction cups. I would never, ever recommend people trying to do fire cupping at home because it's just, it's just too easy to hurt yourself, you know? Yeah. I mean, I don't even know how you would do that on yourself. <laughs> yeah. People maybe need to choose a little more wisely about where they want to, um, I guess, if they're trying to save costs, like do your manicure and pedicure at home and get your cupping done by a professional. Yeah. I mean, technically, <laughs> technically anybody who does cupping um, is supposed to have some sort of license, meaning they're a licensed massage therapist, a licensed acupuncturist, or a licensed chiropractor, chiropractors can do it. Although what's really interesting is in the scope of practice, from what I understand, chiropractors can't do the fire cupping. They can only do the suction cupping, which I always thought was really interesting because they're doctors and they went to school for longer than a massage therapist, but massage therapists can do fire cupping. So, I mean, I could be wrong, but that's just, maybe it's just an Oregon thing, but that's what I understand. So technically, um, I don't recommend anybody do cupping at home. I recommend they go see a professional. (laughs) Yeah, I had actually a yoga student one time who was telling me that they got like the little like colored, like silicone cups to do at home. Is that the Korean ones? Are you talking about? No, those are totally different. And those are a lot lighter. Um, Those are yet another form of cupping. They're kind of a, a form of suction cupping. They're super mm-hmm. light, though. It's really hard to get like a like like definitely not the type of suction cup or the type of cupping I do on you, Emily. You would never feel that that intensely. They're very very light. It's really just promoting lymphatic drainage. Those are just very light promoting lymphatic drainage. Oftentimes, massage therapists will use them, so people will be like, "Oh yeah, I've had cupping before. I didn't really feel it. it didn't really do anything. It didn't leave any marks." And I'm like, "Well, did it look like this?" And they're like, "No." Right. Kind of different and I'm like okay well that was you know these like little suction cups that are are very very light they're supposed to be light I think that those do have a time and a place though I use those a lot on people's IT bands because your IT bands can get so stuck and bound up especially if you are an active person and if you have IT band syndrome it can really really hurt you it can hurt your knee it can pull your patella out of place so um it's nice to get cupping on the IT bands, but the IT bands are, I don't know if you've ever like rolled your IT bands out or anything, but they're already so sensitive that trying yeah. to do really crazy cupping on them is, is like torture to people. So I mm-hmm. use those like really light suction cups and even those people feel them on their IT bands, you know, so they definitely have a time and a place, but yeah, they're just another, just another type of cupping. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Interesting. Is cupping for everyone or should certain people avoid it? So cupping is 
good for everyone, I would say. There are times, you know, when it might not be the best. For example, someone with, it depends. So everyone's different. So some people with fibromyalgia absolutely love cupping. It's amazing for them, but fibromyalgia is not all the same, right? So just because you're uh, diagnosed with fibromyalgia doesn't mean that it's going to feel the same in your body as it does in another person's body. So sometimes fibromyalgia kind of feels like a sunburn. And if you lightly just rub your fingers over someone's skin very lightly, it really, really hurts them. And Mm -hmm. sometimes fibromyalgia is more like a deep, deep muscle ache. So you, so if you like push, push in, that's when they feel the pain. And so I find that people with fibromyalgia, the type that's like that deep muscle ache, they love cupping. It's really relieving to them. It really helps them feel better. And people who are very sensitive, that like almost sunburn kind of feeling type of fibromyalgia, um, cupping is just too much and it would flare them up. I've also mm-hmm. had you know patients with Ehlers-Danlos syndrome, which I don't know if you ladies know what that is, but it's a connective tissue disorder. So people... Mm-hmm have really elastic skin, their their joints easily pop out of place um, and dislocate. And I've treated someone with Ehlers-Danlos who loved cupping and it's really relieving for them. And I've treated someone with Ehlers-Danlos that it completely flared them up and it wasn't good for them. So I think it just depends. Um, it depends on, on what you're dealing with and what you're looking for out of cupping. But Mm -hmm. most people who are active, so a lot of times I have super active people like CrossFitters love cupping because Mm -hmm. it's an easy way for them to kind of like get some, like restore their body a little bit um, and break up tension that's held, you know, held in their muscles and it helps to improve their range of motion and that sort of thing. But I have, I mean, all kinds of people that get cupping and not, you know, people who are very athletic, people who are not athletic at all, people who have fibromyalgia, you know, it just, it kind of just depends on the person. Like everyone's different. Everyone reacts to things differently. Right. And people might have different reasoning for coming in the first place. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It's kind of funny when I was thinking about this because oftentimes when I have visitors, I'll take them to Danielle to get cupping. This happened like three times. And one time my girlfriend and her husband came and his back is really hairy. And I was like talking up the fire cupping. I'm like, yeah, like she moves him around a bunch and, you know, it's great and whatever. And the two of us go and then he goes at last. He's like, yeah, my back was too hairy. It would like catch with the cup. So I had to do the suction cupping. Yeah. Yeah, that so cupping is generally best on big muscle groups. So sometimes people will come in and be like, can you cut my calf? And I'm like, yeah, it's not going to be like, yeah, sure, of course I can, but it's not going to be like the same as cupping someone's back or something like that. So cupping yeah. is really good on like bigger muscle areas. Of course, there are cups that are smaller sizes and we can fit them into smaller areas as well. But then, mm-hmm. of course, as The other thing is the hair. So like really hairy legs or something. It's just because what the hair does is for one, it pulls the hair. It doesn't feel great if you're moving it around. And then also the hair, it's not just under the cup, right? It creates just little holes basically in the uh, the suction. So they kind of just pop right off. So if someone comes in and they really want cupping, I never turn people away. I just always try to work with what they've got going on. So sometimes Mm -hmm. if there's too much hair, then I'll just put suction cups on and put them in places where 
I know they'll stay and then I can do some like massage and stuff as well. Sometimes people, you know, with like cystic acne or something on their back, depending on what it's like, it might be a little too painful for them or cause a lot of bleeding or something like that. Of course, we always try, but we just see, you know, we try to work with what people are working on with. And if somebody has, technically, you're not supposed to do cupping over open sores for obvious reasons. So I just try to work around with whatever is going on with the person. What about like moles and things like that? Like if someone has a lot of moles on their back. So you wouldn't, it depends on the mole, I think. Like some people have really big moles that, you know, aren't really well attached. And so they can bleed and it wouldn't feel good to like slide over them. Mm -hmm. So I definitely try to avoid that and just do cupping around the mole or not slide over it. But I've definitely cupped over a mole before just with the suction cups and left it in one place. It just like makes the skin tag a little like inflamed, but it's not going to hurt it. But, you know, some moles, if if you slid over it, it wouldn't feel great. So I just, I avoid doing that as well. What should people be wary of as they choose their cupping provider? So any kind of specific credential they should look for? Yeah, so... I think an acupuncturist is the best person to go to for cupping because it's in our scope of practice. It's literally a piece of our medicine and we learn it in school and we learn it really well. We have a lot of training on it. So I always think that an acupuncturist is the best one to go to because, you know, some other providers, they only had like a class that was like a couple hours long or something like that. However, it is very common these days for physical therapists, chiropractors, and massage therapists to do it. And as long as they've been doing it for a while and they t- they took the course and they got trained on it well, you know, it's pretty hard to hurt somebody with cupping. You'd have to try pretty hard to hurt them. So, yeah, I sh- usually tell people acupuncturist is going to be your best bet because it's part of our schooling. But it depends on what they're trying to do. And if you feel... You know, it's like any provider, they're not all going to resonate with you. So you just have to find somebody that you resonate with and then just ask them questions like, how long have you been doing this? Where did you learn it? You know, that sort of thing. Mm -hmm. Okay, so let's get into some common misconceptions or myths about cupping. So what are the ones that you hear the most? So right now, there's a lot of marketing around cupping for weight loss. And it's kind of the same with acupuncture. So people will come to me and be like, oh, yeah, I heard that, you know, like I can get cupped or I can get acupuncture and it will like make me lose weight. And I'm what mm-hmm. I tell people is, you know, no, like nothing's going to make you lose weight. Like there really is no quick fix for weight loss. Right. So like, yeah, these are the things that can help you with cupping and weight loss, you know, so if you are actively trying, you know, if you are actively losing weight, you know, the detoxing kind of effect of cupping can definitely be beneficial for you. But cupping is not gonna, you know, you're not gonna cup your butt, and then your butt is just going to be smaller, it just doesn't work. Like that. <laughs> so, um, and then a lot of people Somebody marketed cupping for cellulite reduction. Yeah, I'm so curious about this because I've seen that on Sephora's website. Like they sell little cups for you to like cup cellulite. Yeah, Yeah, so the idea behind that 
is actually kind of sound in the sense that you know they think that there's this idea that cellulite is caused because the fascia layer of our body which we're starting to do more and more research around fascia and understand fascia a little bit better um these days and so there's this idea that the fascia gets really bound up and stuck together and it creates like these areas of tension in between your muscle and your skin that your fat kind of like your fat cells kind of go in and they fill in areas right so if the mm-hmm. fascia is bound up and stuck it's going to create like these divots or these holes and so if you break up that tension it should reduce the cellulite i mean there are some people who swear by cellu- you know by cupping to reduce cellulite and i personally don't market it like that because I don't really believe in it. I don't think, you know, I don't think that somebody's going to come in with a ton of cellulite, get cupped, and then all their cellulite is going to be gone. Like, okay, maybe right. it will re- release some tension. Maybe you'll have a few less dimples or whatever. But honestly, cellulite is genetic, right? Like, right. there are people who are very thin with almost no fat on their body and they have cellulite. And there are people who are very, you know, large who have no cellulite, you know? So cellulite's just something that we have and I just feel like if we the sooner that we just embrace it the better off we'll be mental health wise so if somebody comes to me and they say I want to get cupping on my legs for cellulite I'm not going to be like no way but Mm -hmm. I also have never seen it I've never seen it make a drastic reduction and there's also this other crazy thing that I was my aunt sent me recently um, (laughs) that like they make these giant cups to put on your butt cheeks and it's supposed to plump your butt up or something. Oh my gosh. I think think I saw that like on literally on Instagram. Yeah. And I like looked into it and, um, I guess the idea is that it reduces cellulite by, you know, reducing tension and then it, um, boosts collagen production. So your skin will get more taut. So you'll have this like nice plump booty, I guess. I don't know. I I think that's. (laughs) Oh my gosh! Is this something that's like marketed by the Kardashians? (laughs) (laughs) Probably. Yeah, they're waist trainers, and they're like, but oh god, it feels like something that they would promote. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, the only way to get you know to build a booty if you don't have one is to do squats. So I hate to break it to you. (laughs) Oh god. Well, thank you so much for sharing all that awesome information with us today. Yeah, and I didn't know that Emily was taking her guests to see Danielle, so I need to visit Portland as soon as COVID is over. Oh my gosh, please do. Yeah, I'd love to have you in. Absolutely. For those of our listeners who are local to Portland, and if they're interested in getting cupping, where can they find you? So I work out of the cupping studio, which is really easy to find. We're at cupping studio on Instagram. And then the link in our bio has basically every way to reach out to us. Cupping studio is found within Zen Space Wellness. So that's on um, the corner of Alberta and 30th Avenue. So Northeast Portland. We do have a second clinic that we just opened on Northeast Broadway. So it's actually not that far away from the first clinic. It's called the Wellness Doctors. And I'm there two days a week as well. So come see me. Awesome. We're all going to go get cupping now. <laughs> yeah, and Emily, I got to give you some refer friend cards so you can just pass those. Oh, out. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Awesome. All right. Thank you so much, Danielle.
If you're looking for more from us, you can find us on Instagram at wellness.myths and at wellnessmyths on Twitter and Facebook. Stay tuned for next week's episode where you'll hear us dig into the research and origin of the celery juice trend. See you next time.